Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to episode 211 of Good Guys Talk Back. I am Nick Morowski. This is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. You can find us absolutely everywhere. Uh, go live on our YouTube uh, channel most Sunday nights or sometimes Monday nights. Uh, thanks so much for boycotting the Oscars and being with us live uh, past this other uh, past this podcast along to other Sox fans in your life. We do appreciate it. Got a ton to get to here uh, in the weekend that was, was uh, eventful it's, uh, with 16 games left in the spring schedule. Uh, chopping everything up, uh, my very good friend, lifelong Sox fan, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Just very good. Not very not... good, nice, and more. Uh, <laughs> is what I, I should have said. Me, tell me about the more. How, the how, more. Can, how can I get there? Well, sometimes hey, buddy. you play therapist, so you're more That's than true. just a, a friend. That's true. Yeah. I, I am here for you. Uh, the couch <laughs> is always available, buddy. It's good to talk to you. I'm excited to, that we have some left handed power to talk about. Oh, my from goodness. Our, from our right fielder and you want to doing things in, in the cow. World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Let's get into it, my man. Yeah. Is there something right off the bat that just caught you this past weekend or the last week since we've talked? Anything new promo schedule? It could be anything you want to talk about. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm well, Kopech today. That was a good sign. Uh, nine yeah. up, nine down. Now, yeah. again, it, uh, not the full uh, Angels lineup. No, it was not. With no, Shohei Otani playing for Japan. No. Mike Trout with the American yep. team. So he's not f- facing murderers row, right? But that was nice to see. He did exactly what he needed to do because it could have gone the other way today. And you say, well, he's just working on things. It's spring. It's early. It's his first start. So, again, I, I don't want to get too excited about one. Get excited. Start, but get excited. Uh, it's nice that he went out and did what he needed to do against depleted Angels lineup. And I'm telling you, man, uh, Colas hitting for power now, not just the average that we've been excited about and we we'll say, well, the, the, the home runs will come. The power swing will come. I, I think it's here now, whether that carries into, you know, the early spring when he gets up to Chicago or not, I I'm calling it. He's, he's done enough for me now to, to, to make this team. Is that crazy? Again, I, I think I said it a couple weeks ago, I think he's done. He's getting close to being done enough. I think he's doing enough now. I, I think he's your, your right fielder. I don't think there's any question about it. Is, is that crazy? It's not crazy. I mean, they flashed a graphic on the screen uh, during Sunday's game on NBC Sports Chicago, and this is not counting his his blast in the first inning. Uh, but through 13 games, he's slugging, you know, 557. He's hitting 407, uh, 11 hits, I think, in 13 games, only one strikeout, and he had that one home run late in the game, a pinch hit home run, a moonshot yeah. uh, on Saturday, and then followed it up. Uh, with a bomb in the first inning of Sunday, really the only uh, offense for the Sox in, in Sunday's tie against the Angels. And you're right, uh, Pat. Angels had a lot of players uh, with no names on the back of their uniforms and high numbers and a different type of Angels team than the White Sox saw earlier this spring. Uh, but to Colas uh, and, and Kopech's credit, it's like, well, hey, that's the lineup that's against me. I'm just yeah. going to go out and play my game. And 
following up from what he did Saturday night. Uh, that was great to see from Oscar Colas. It is absolutely his position to lose uh, right now. Um, yeah. and that's, and that's refreshing. The, the throws in from right field, I, you know, I haven't been overly impressed with the arm. You know, I don't think he's, we've really seen any of that. Uh, but man, the offense, uh, is absolutely there. Now there was a situation in Sunday's game, um, where he came up with the bases loaded. Uh, and obviously it was a tight game and the angels pitcher was struggling and Steve stone was commenting a little bit on, you know, how to approach a pitcher that has obviously lost the strike zone. And Colas swung at a pitch that was out of the strike zone. He golfed it to left field. And I'm wondering if that's a situation, one of the many that he's going to build on. He was a little aggressive, wanted to be the hero, bases loaded. This is another big opportunity. And, you know, practicing that patience and pitch selection uh, you know, one one of the things that obviously everybody needs to work on, but I hopefully he takes that away and, you know, Grafol and Tosar and, and Castro use that and say, hey, look, just here's a situation that, you, you know, you can benefit from uh, pitchers a little erratic, you know, hasn't been able to find the zone. I know you want to be a hero, but still make him come to you. Yeah. And this goes, this chalks up to Grafal wanting guys to fail, yes. give them an opportunity to have that coaching moment where it's like, listen, let, let's have this discussion now in spring and it's going to have guys are going to fail and have issues throughout the season. There's nobody going to be perfect. I understand that, but let's have these situations come up now where you can have those coachable moments where they remember it and they can apply it for the next time when it's maybe a more meaningful game. Yeah. For Michael Kopech, um, I noticed just physically his legs, his legs look bigger. They look more powerful uh, he wants to be a, more of a pitcher, not just a thrower. This is a huge season for him coming mm -hmm. up, uh, an absolute X factor. Uh, I think he has talked about how the pitch clock uh, can be a, a friend of his. He has seemed to uh, work slow in past seasons, uh, get it, uh, get out of his head a little bit with the pitch clock, you know, accept the sign, go after. And that's what he did on Sunday. Uh, again, I know not, not, not even maybe the B or C lineup for the Angels, but guys that are trying to impress uh, Angel coaches. You know, they're they're trying to do what they can do uh, to make a team. And Kopech went right after them, I thought. He had pretty good command. He would fall, you know, a 3-1, 3-2, but would come right back into the strike zone. Uh, he was at 37 pitches after three innings. I think he could have gone another, but, you know, it was his debut. It was his first outing of the spring uh, he looked, he, he had to have had some anxieties, you know, some, even some jitters it's spring. Okay. He's been here before, but he knows what kind of year he is supposed to have and what he wants to have. And this is the first time on a televised game, we get to see, uh, Michael Kopech. And you, you remember from like last year and he would come into a game in that first inning when he would start, or maybe the bullpen the previous season, you'd see some pitches fly, you know, out of the zone. It, it, he's a little amped up. And then after he would settle down after that first inning or so, it's then, then he caught, got himself into a group. I, I saw him, you know, with a controlled 
uh, anxiety or con- controlled uh, aggression or however you want to say it uh, this past game on Sunday. And uh, that is a great thing to build on. Well, what I like about it, Nick, is like I said, nine up, nine down, and he only struck out one guy. And it made me think about, because I watched the most recent episode of Last Comiskey and Blackjack mm-hmm. McDowell up mm-hmm. there talking oh, about yeah. how strikeouts are overrated. And, and I really don't want guys to swing and miss at my changeup. I want them to hit it to my to my defense. So those are the types of things I wish pitchers of today would understand a little bit better and start to do and implement more. It's like, listen, all this swing and miss stuff that the the statistics that are out there and, and I get why they're important because the game has changed so much over the years from a walk strikeout home run perspective but I think there's still value in guys that can pitch to contact not worry about swing and miss so much but just get guys not to barrel it up hit it on off off their hands or off the end of the bat and and let your defense actually you know contribute and be behind you and be into the game so uh, I love that. If I don't need Kopech to strike out, you know, 200 guys, I just need him to get outs. And if, you know, if we see more of this, have a longer season, it'll be much more effective. Yeah. Going deep into a game, um, you can't be a strikeout pitcher because you're going to throw a hundred pitches uh, after five innings. Uh, you've got to trust your defense. Now there wasn't much of a defense uh, to trust last year for the white Sox, bottom of the, all of the league, not just American league. That's the stuff that needs to change. And I think it will under Grafol and his coaching staff. But uh, to your point, you know, uh, if you want to, if you want to go deep in the game, you know, you, you've got to just pepper in, you know, just trust, trust your catcher, trust your, uh, trust the folks behind you. And and the last Comiskey stuff was great. And, and I hope we do spend some time this episode talking about all of part two. Uh, but the, the McDowell stuff and those pitchers, though, you know, it wasn't that type of game where it was chunked like five innings for your starter. Then I've got yeah. my specialty guy that's going to set up the eighth inning guy that's going to bridge to the closer. There wasn't that that wasn't that type of mentality. It was like mm-hmm. you're, you're you're probably going seven or eight. And if you yeah. can go nine, that that's not out of the realm back in the eighties and in nineties for sure. So you had to pace yourself. You didn't want to be a strikeout pitcher necessarily. You know, it's like because mm-hmm. that's more that's more pitches on your arm. That that's more maybe full counts and, and hitters battling things. And so you were like, hey, I can, if I can get some quick outs here, it's going to save me for sure. So I can be useful uh, in the seventh and eighth. Yeah, no doubt about it, Nick. And, and you know, that impressed me over the weekend. Uh, again, I'm impressed by after a, a pretty slow start for the Cuban team, how Yohan Makata has kind of turned it on a, a little bit here and, and got you excited again about what he can do, watching him swing the bat with power. That's fun to watch. Hopefully that continues. Maybe this is the best thing that can happen to Yohan Makata, get those competitive juices going early on so we can see something similar when when the when the real thing starts and and jake berger i mean jake berger uh really nick i mean it's exactly what you'd want to see and and he's working out at first base and i i don't know I, again this brings up this conundrum what do we do with a jake berger his bat belongs in the major leagues i mean i don't think there's any doubt about it it's his it's his body that's let him down is there someone out there that'd be willing to take a Jake Berger or is there a way to fit him in on this, on this roster? 
Well, we we can talk bench and utility, and and you're you're right. Um, he he needs to hit his way onto this ball club. That's what we talked about at the beginning of spring training, and he leads all of spring training with four home runs. Now there's like a dozen other guys that have four home runs, but still, you're in that conversation. Uh, he had two in one game this past weekend. Um, played a little bit of third base. Played some first base. He's not a guy that's going to be making this team with his glove, um, you know, but his bat is something else, man. It's a, a danger against lefties. I, I just am trying to think about this utility, you know, this, this, these bench roles, you know, and you've got Hanser Alberto, you've got Lurie Garcia, you've got Gavin Sheets, um, you know, Zebby Zavala is obviously going to be your, your number two, and he's not, he's been having a pretty good spring, uh, especially offensively. Uh, I mean, how does Berger jump over one of those guys? You know, it, it's, 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 it's the righty bat, but I would think with your bench roles, you want guys that can be, you know, they're Swiss army knives, you yeah. know, we, we can also use you in several positions like Hans or Alberto, you can play. Uh, you know, all over the infield. Romy Gonzalez has been having a horrible spring training with the bat. I mean, he's yeah. hitting under a hundred and that was a guy that was hyped up of, he's going to be your starting second baseman. You know um, he was in those hype videos, like, you know, lifting weights and running sprints and parachute things behind him and ropes being, you know, flipped all over the place. And, you know, I'm going to win this second base position, which is a great mentality. Nothing but good things we've heard about his spring. This guy came to camp weeks uh, ahead of time, according to Griffol, really like what, what he can do. And they were going to get him to try outfield positions. Talk about versatility. You could play infield and outfield, and you're supposed to have some pop with your bat. Haven't seen it. You know, Garcia has not had a good spring at all. I mean, he he was man, he was booting the ball, errors left and right, miscues, I should say. I don't know if he got actually credited with any errors against the Cubs on Friday, uh, but he just has not looked good. So, I, I mean, what do you do? I mean, who's who's really impressed, or who do you even think? I, Gavin Sheets, I think, is on this team from from a bench perspective. Other than that, I just you know, I, I don't know for sure. It's going to be, it, it's difficult, Nick, because you've got, I think, uh, again, a lot of the same, you've got a lot of the same type of guys that are, are good enough to play, but they're not versatile enough defensively. So there's probably going to be guys that are going to make this club and jump over guys like a Jake Berger, just because Jake is not going to be coming in as a defensive replacement late in games. He's, you know, he, he'd be there as a pinch hitter type role or to give, you know, somebody a break once or twice a week, you know, whether it's third or at first base, I suppose. But, you know, you're really limited, I guess, in his opportunities. And it's a shame because a guy like that should have more opportunities to get, you know, three to four bats to maybe five at bats a game. And I, I just don't see I don't see how that's going to happen. I think it's going to be given those spots on the bench are going to be guys that can play defensive positions. And I forgot to even mention Billy Hamilton, who can play some defense out there in the outfield and also is a, is a burner on the base paths, which is a whole new, you know, strategy uh, with, with the bigger bases uh, and the threat just in general, Billy, Billy Hamilton, whether you're going to yeah. make the, the bases larger or not, he's a threat. Uh, but do you, you know, he's not going to give you the power. He's not going to give you the pop. 
that is a battle that I'm watching closely. I I was very high on Hanser Alberto and kind of continue to be, but you know, I, Lurie Garcia's owed money. You know, is is it, is it, is it an obscene amount of money where they can say goodbye to that? And, 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 you know, cause Grafol's got a history with Alberto and he's been nothing but high on Alberto and their time in Kansas city. And I'm wondering if Grafol's just like, look, Lurie's not one of my guys. You know, he just well, doesn't seem to be a guy that fits into my mold, but he can, he's a switch hitter. He can play multiple positions. I, I don't know. Yeah. But Nick, let's be honest with it. I mean, the, the guy that was in, in his corner is no longer there. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and Tony LaRusso is no longer the manager. So if I was Leary Garcia, I'd be shaking in my boots every day, especially not performing mm-hmm. last year and the year before it was like, I'm safe. I got this guy, he, he, this, this, this guy ain't going to get rid of me. He loves me for whatever reason. I fooled this old man. And, and now he's his, you know, security blanket is no longer there. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, what is he really owed? I'm not sure, but this is a team that also gave Dallas Keuchel his walking papers and paid him a lot of money to go away because he just simply wasn't, you know, performing anymore. And he was hurting the team. If, I don't know if a role player or a bench guy can really affect the team that much where he's hurting the team like a starting pitcher would every fifth day. But, I mean, there is precedent out there for for just paying the money and letting him walk. It's not like he's got multiple years. It's the last year of his deal, if, if memory serves. So it, it, it would cost them some money. Maybe it would be stupid a, a stupid way to spend your money to just have a guy not be there. But... I don't know. I mean, there's precedent out there, Nick, for just letting guys walk. This sure. team has done it before. Uh, it, it has happened. Um, I, I'm wondering if it's – does somebody have to beat Lurie Garcia and and kind of really jump over him? You know, he's longest-tenured Chicago White Sox player. Uh, does he have – does he have some sort of precedent of, you know, he's almost owed the position? You know, I, I don't know. I hope it's not looked at like that. I hope – you know, Grafol and his coaching staff is just fresh. You know, everybody starts fresh aside from a handful. You know, everybody's fighting for a position. And, uh, you know, does someone have to absolutely, you know, leapfrog him and beat him? Or is it simply, you know what, you're not the type of player I'm looking for and you just didn't give me anything this spring? it's a battle that, you know, keep an eyes on is well worth your time right now. And what kind of message that send to the rest of the rest of the clubhouse, Nick, if you've got a guy that's clearly underperforming, that isn't a valuable piece, but he gets to be here. I could see that if you give guys the benefit of the doubt, if they're all time greats, right? Regardless of the fact, if he's been here a long time, he's not an all time great. If it's Frank Thomas there and it's like, okay, it's kind of like Frank Swan song, right? It's his going away party. You get it if you let those legends hang around maybe a year long, but they're going to get some at-bats. He can tip his cap to the crowd once in a while, hit a big home run. But Leary Garcia is not going to be that type of guy. I I don't think it sends the right message to the rest of the group if you hold on to things that are invaluable to you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's a good point as well. Um, I I just – I think Rafal has got a a really good idea of who he wants uh, on this club and – you know, interesting, the little guys that they picked up here and there, uh, you know, whether a team was DFA or the rule five with Avila, uh, some of the arms, I think it was very strategic, you know, how, how they, how they formed this team and, and Lurie kind of came with the job. Um, and I feel like already we've spent way too much time on Lurie Garcia, which, uh, is always the case, but he is a peculiar player, 
You know, he's one of those, he's been around for a long, long time since before, obviously, Abreu. He came over a few months before Abreu in a trade with the Rangers with Alex Rios. And he's been through a lot of managers and he survived. And I'm wondering if this is it. This is the end of the road because there are so many other interesting, you know, uh, bench utility guys uh, that, that Grafol can go with. Yeah, uh, you're right, Nick. We've probably spent way too much time <laughs> talking about it. Let's just, I guess we'll wait for the chips to fall where they will. Yeah. And again, it'd be great for a team to be looking for a guy like him that we could would, could move him early on. But um, again, I, I think the guys that are going to make this club are going to be guys that are a little bit more versatile. And unfortunately yeah. for a guy like a Jake Berger, like we were talking about, I, he, he doesn't have a position right now to start you know, unless Moncada goes down, God forbid. So uh, he, he's probably going to be sent down to the minors again. And, and I just think, you know, his bat belongs in this league. And I think he's shown enough in terms of his little spurts here and there that he could help a club. Yeah. Yeah. Am I, am I way off for trying to figure out a way to compare Berger to like a Schwarber of, no, you know, his, his bad is, his bad is definitely there. His yeah. bad is MLB ready. Um, and, and that's what everyone was saying about Schwarber, who was a catcher originally. And, you know, just obviously not going to win a gold glove out in out in left field or in the outfield. And where are you going to put this guy? I don't know, but we need his bat. And, yeah. uh, you know, th that that is the case with Berger. I mean, he got yeah. hot last season. and uh, But it's the it's the curious case of, of, you know, who's in front of you right now. And, and you're yeah. not going to you're not going to jump Andrew Vaughn and you're not going to jump Mankata. And if you do or if you play be because of them, then that's an unfortunate situation because they're hurt. And, yeah. and that's what we just don't want. So, Wow. Uh, something uh, I just don't know. And, and it's such a, he's a guy that it's so easy to root for too. Yeah. So excited for him. And, and he is doing everything he possibly can uh, to make noise and, and force the situation. So um, all the we'll best see. to him. I, yeah. I mean, I hope uh, I would love to have him on this club. Cause again, I think he's a, he seems like a great fighter. Person. He, he seems Battles. like, yeah. And, and I think he'd be great for that clubhouse on a day in and day out basis. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a lot of that leads me into my next thought. You're mm -hmm. talking about the things I took away from is yeah. Rick Hahn talking about how much he's enjoyed this spring and, mm -hmm. and the way that the club oh. has come together and mm -hmm. him is his besties there. And he's, uh, liking how this is going so far. So, um, you know, not a surprise, you know, that comes out every year. Oh, we like how camp's going. That's always going to be the thing that's said, but, uh, you know, when the lawyer speaks, you got to listen, I suppose. Yeah, he he enjoys it. Uh, you know, everything that Grafol says, I continue to enjoy. Uh, he had, there was an interesting article on WhiteSacks.com by Merck, um, just talking about coaching preparedness. And, and Tosar was jumping in. You know, we're hearing about these long days that these coaches are putting in, like 4 a.m. and we're, we're here until all the details get sorted out and it's maybe not going to be that way during the regular season, but right now we are putting in the work and we know that Pedro Grafol has surrounded himself with coaches that he's got a history with for the most part, you know, uh, friends. These are guys I like, these are like, these are guys I want to spend more time than with my family as we work together for one common goal. And I, I found that to be, 
I think kind of refreshing and interesting of, you know, the benefits of working with friends because you can get real with friends, you mm-hmm. know, it, you will butt heads and, and it, it sometimes combusts, you know, but I feel like you can say something to a friend where you have a history with, if you know that this isn't going to break us, you know, you're not going to walk away being like, what in the, what in the world is this guy thinking? How dare he say something like that to me? When you're with somebody and you have a history with somebody and you've built a foundation, you know, you could maybe second guess somebody, you know, hopefully if it's a solid, you know, truly deep friendship, you know, you could call somebody out on something and say, I don't like the way that was happening. I think you missed something there and you can survive. Your relationship can survive. Now, if he came into the situation where he was not able, you know, to hire the, the people that he wanted to hire, you might have an icy, you know, you might not want to step on. So you might be a little too cautious and a little too polite. You might not want to call somebody out and say, that's not how we would have done it. Or, or can we? And, and before you know it, you don't mention it. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then a snowball and, and it's completely out of control. So I, your thoughts on, you know, just the benefits of working with friends. Well, why would you be concerned if you're Daryl Boston? <laughs> Excuse me. Can I come into the meeting, please? <laughs> Daryl Boston. Not, 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 oh, I... it's the 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 no Daryl's. Uh, no well, Darryl. never mind. Uh, yeah, I, I think there, there's a, a great point there you have, Nick, and it's not a, a group that was assembled, you know, outside of Grafal's, you know, desires on, on who he wanted to have, you know, on his team because – Listen, there's uh, there's a health when there's dissenting voices and people mm-hmm. have different opinions. You have to be able to communicate that amongst the group and then be able to rise above and then come to a conclusion, right? It's okay to disagree on something, but if you disagree with somebody you have no respect for, then you can't move past it. And then it becomes you're, you're butting heads with these yep. people and that's where relationships you know, go south. If you and I, Nick, we've known each other for 20 plus years, uh, we haven't always agreed, surprisingly mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. but uh, we respect each other enough that I, I could hear your opinion. You could hear mine. And maybe one or the other convinces the other person, you know, let's try it this way. And I, I respect your opinion enough. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's see what yeah. happens. Um, but if there wasn't that relationship there, it, it could be awfully tough to come on to some common ground. And if you can't have that, if you can't, you know, Tim Anderson talking from the same end, pulling from the same end of the string, if you don't have that within your, your management group or your coaching group, then it's not going to work for the rest of the team either. So that's a great start. I, again, I'm with you. Whenever I hear Pedro Rafal talk for the most part, I kind of salivate because I feel like he's got his shit together, right? He just kind of, he seems extremely prepared to be in this position. Like, I don't feel like he, you know, again, he's been in the game a long time and been on the bench for a long time and coached many different ways, shapes and forms throughout his career. I just feel like I'm seeing what Rick fell in love with when he interviewed this guy. And it's like, it's coming to fruition now. Mm -hmm. And again, I mentioned it last week and I'll say it every week. There's going to be times when he makes a bad call you know, brings in the wrong, you know, the, not the wrong guy, but, you know, calls aren't going to, you know, things he does aren't going to go his way all the time, just the way the game played. And we'll question it and we'll say, you know, he should have gone this way or maybe he should have took this guy out earlier. 
but right now I don't know that there's anything not to like about what he's doing. And, and he's trying to get guys in and, and figure some things out, giving some competition to guys. And I, I'm again, I'm liking what I see. And he has to navigate his way around a world baseball classic that disrupts, you know, his first, uh, you know, his first spring training. Um, I was watching the, I believe it was the Wednesday game. I caught it on the MLB TV, uh, you know, through my subscription, the app, and it was the Royals game. And it was the one where Cease just, man, he was absolutely lost. He could not find the plate with his breaking stuff. He lasted, I think, you know, two thirds altogether, uh, 11 earned runs. It was just an absolute mess. He shook it off. I, I like what C said after the game and, and what, you know, I'm going to come, I'm going to circle back to Grafol in a moment here, but one of the things now that I'm the, on the cease train uh, that I loved re- reading after Cease's you know, rough outing is through his quotes, he essentially was like, I left the game healthy, you know, at the end yeah. of the day right now in, in kind of the dog days of spring training, and you know, a lot of these White Sox players that have been around for a couple of years, especially last year, are like, we know what's happened in spring training to this club. We know yeah. what's happened throughout the year to this club. Okay. Didn't go my way performance wise, but you know, I get it. It's spring. I like my bullpen sessions. I left the game healthy though. And, and that's the key right now. Uh, as we inch closer, man, we're three weeks away from the home opener. We are, what, 17 d- days away from opening day. Uh, it, it's coming, man, and it's coming fast. So uh, I thought that was a, a clever point uh, when you, you know, what, what is the term? You're in an office environment. See the forest beyond the trees. Is that the big uh, buzz saying? Uh, you've got to see the forest for the trees, through the trees. <laughs> There's trees involved. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and, and they make up the forest. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be go. able to have your eyes open to see. Mm-hmm. the forest well i'm glad i i, I deferred to you you cleared it all up yeah uh, clear as mud uh so let me get back to the grafol thing here it was the royals broadcast so they had mm-hmm. uh they had the call and they had ned yost uh, in the booth who ned yost was the manager uh for the royals when they won the world series went back to back world series pedro grafol was on that team Ned Yost knows Pedro Grafol very well. By the way, Ned Yost going into the Royals Hall of Fame uh, this summer. Another team with their Hall of Fame. Love that concept. I wish the White Sox would adopt it somehow, some way. But the the broadcasters uh, on the call talked to Ned Yost, asked him about Grafol. And Yost, of course, wasn't going to throw Grafol over the bus, but you could just tell the way he gushed over Grafol and very happy that not only got the job, but is kind of spoke to White Sox fans and said, listen up, you've got a great manager here. He he is an outstanding hire. Uh, expect good things from this guy. And, and Grafol has said recently, look, I was ready for the job 10 years ago. Okay. But I didn't have, you know, the horse sense with people, the bedside mm-hmm. manner with people. You know, I, I needed to learn how to be you know, manage personalities, which is a lot of what this game is as a manager, I, I would assume just, you know, uh, following this game for so long. Uh, so I, again, you know, just more good stuff there. Uh, and uh, Javi uh, or uh, Salvi Perez coming out with more, more stuff over the last few days. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a, a great, great manager. Well, uh, it's all good, Nick, and and it gets me excited to get this season started. Like right now, at this point, and and I think the players are probably like this too. It's like let's just 
get this thing going. Col Colossus is like, can we play? Can yeah. we start the season tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm ready. Although the weather wouldn't be fantastic if we started tomorrow, no. but um, it'll be nice to wait a little bit longer. But yeah. I, I think we're we're at that point where yeah, it's it, watching exhibition baseball is getting a little tiresome. I, again, I enjoy looking at the you know the box score after the game, watching it when I can, listening when I can. But at this point now, it's like let's let's get it going. I'm excited to see these guys, especially when you you know see positives out there, and and from a coalesce, from a again, I'll go back to Mankata in the World Baseball Classic. Just the fact that he's swinging with some aggression now against quality pitching in in a you know a, a let's call it uh, an amped up environment, mm -hmm. and uh, he's excited to be out there and play for his country. So yeah. Uh, those are all the things that's like, kind of like, can we just fast forward? Can somebody just knock me out for the next couple of weeks and wake me up when, when the season starts, just put me on ice for a little bit. <laughs> you, you always know this term, the, uh, SNL, um, the, the parody of night. Hibernal. Hibernal. Yeah. The stuff that Chris Farley took. Yeah. <laughs> It's just basically wipe out yeah. the entire cold and flu season for yeah. like five months. It's got that big giant drum of of and that blue liquid and it's coming down his face and he, he wakes up with the long fingernails and the long beard. Yeah, that that's kind of what I want. I, I mean he was out for several months. I, I don't want to be out for several months. Two I just want to two and a half weeks. Just two weeks. Just so maybe look, just get a skill back on the dosage. You'd have to read the instructions, of course. Well, I'd um, have to so. figure out for my weight. I mean, Chris Farley, I would, I would hope maybe weight a little bit more than me. Uh, it, it, will, it remains to be seen. God rest his soul. What put Chris Farley out? Let me scale back. How many, how many, ounces, back. Do, how many ounces should I I mean, I had him in height. Let's, let's be honest. I did have him in oh, height. Oh, you did. Um, you, should, you sure did. Uh, oh, but you know, you never goodness. know. It's, oh. it's all about reading <laughs> the instructions on your medication and being safe. Nick. I am, it's all about safe. It's all about healthy. Um, but you also, sometimes you just want to fast forward. Sometimes I just I want a good sleep, Nick. I just want a good sleep. <laughs> Need some rest. Oh my goodness. Is that funny? I, uh, I just envision you just trying to do the math and the calculations and like, wait a second here. Maybe I should just do more regular night quill than actually do a hibernol and uh, maybe like two bottles of night quill equals just two bottles, two <laughs> bottles of night quill. It'll get you through two weeks or something. I don't here, here lies Pat. He tried to take a <laughs> he nap. He just wanted to fast forward spring it. training. Is it wrong? Is it wrong for me to just fast forward these last? Can you two weeks do my through? eulogy for me, please? And I just absolutely go, will. Listen, we talked about it. <laughs> you really shouldn't have taken the NyQuil. I suggested about two safe. bottles of it, and he <laughs> took it seriously. You know, it's just good intentions. You know, he shot for the moon, which I am a supporter of. You so, are a big person yeah. for shooting for moons. Yes. Uh, well, sixteen games left. Let's try to get through it. Um, I don't think there's any other league play against the World Baseball Classic. That tune-up against Team Columbia was all that uh, they had. Uh, Giolito had a, had a good outing against the Cubs. I thought in his second outing in, of spring, uh, he was really happy about. He seems to be really excited about the pitch clock. Like he has really turned turned around and. He thinks this can be such a benefit uh, to his game. Uh, so that was good to see. Uh, my one downer for the weekend, uh, it, there were some miscues and some errors. 
Sacks were 0 for 11 for the weekend and with runners in scoring position. So, so that's a problem. Situational hitting has got to improve. And then my man, uh, Jake Diekman, uh, had a rough outing. Um, oh, I you don't it say. Was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I believe it was Saturday. Uh, I don't even think he went a full inning. Hmm. Three runs. Uh, it was an absolute mess. Uh, our, our loan uh, trade deadline acquisition. Uh, from last season, Jake Diekman. Luckily to have him around still. I can't wait for Jake Diekman to be uh, part of your trivia nights. When when Nick Murawski does mm. a trivia night. Oh, yeah. And, Watch out. And, you know, in three or four years, you're going to have a, yep. a Diekman trivia question. It's just going to baffle people. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll look upon it with horror. And you'll say, the only trade deadline uh, acquisition we made in 2022 was... And mm-hmm. people will just be like, oh, that's interesting. I don't if remember. you could take that potion to knock you out for someone's just like career, like anytime that they came into a game, just like all of a sudden you just you you just kind of zone out. That I would take that for Jake Diekman for sure. Uh, well, for me, it would have been Billy Koch. When Billy Koch oh, came in, Lord. if I could have okay. just you know <laughs> jumped off a, a not a high building, just enough sure. to knock <laughs> me out. <laughs> Again, I could see you gauging yourself on the ledge, like, hmm, let me see here. What? How high am I up here? What's I mean, the force? I, I, I'm not looking to cause coming? a lot of harm. I just want to be, you know, I don't know, maybe like a frying pan to the head or something. I don't know. <laughs> so Something from an 80s Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. If I just, all right. Rolling uh, pin, yeah. pan, something, something Tom, like, like that. Something Tom and Jerry-esque mm-hmm. uh, would be helpful. Uh, something just like put my hand in a mouse trap or something or <laughs> Something like that. Uh, well, uh, the White Sox released a second wave pad of promotional items uh, while everyone was probably not paying attention, which is always the case. And there's probably going to be a third wave. Uh, a lot of promotional nights and, and specialty things. Elvis night is back. Uh, uh, rock and roll night. There's a NASCAR night. Uh, country music, of course. Uh, there are There's a windbreaker, which is kind of nice. A fanny pack. Fanny packs oh, are coming back, yeah, uh, and they are uh, they're going to be issued as, as a, a game giveaway. And then one bobblehead, one player bobblehead, I should mm. say, Dylan Cease with the eighty threes and the oh, mustache. Yeah, I could be able to touch that night. Oh boy, I've got my tickets already secured. Uh, August twenty sixth. It's a Saturday. Uh, that is only fifteen thousand because Benny's is the sponsor, so you got to mm. be twenty one and older. So 15,000 being given away, maybe it hurt, helps your chances. Maybe it hurts your chances. Um, I'll be there first in line though. No, well, I know. you might as well get in line now. <laughs> well, take the potion. If I could just fast forward. Potion. <laughs> yep. And just give me it. What is it? August when, when is that? Uh, game? 26th. Oh man. That's uh that's going to be a hot muggy uh, game. That'll, mm. that'll be good. I can't wait. To, so you do. So for that one, will you just walk in and walk out or will you stay for the game? See, I'm going to stay for the game, and, and here is the, the cool thing that they're they're giving season ticket holders this year. Uh, there's always been an exchange program, so you were able to exchange tickets that you weren't going to – it obviously couldn't be – you couldn't go back and be like, oh, yeah, uh, for a game that's already passed, can I move to a new game? Uh, you have to be forward-thinking, but you're always able to exchange to a, a different game that was somewhat in your – ticket plan or around the same you know dates or what have you well this year it's different from what from my perspective i've been able to exchange tickets for games and 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 gobble up some of these good promos that i didn't maybe have on my original ticket plan 
you know, just moving things around here and there. And you definitely have to be, uh, you know, there's a strategy involved, but you know, I'll, I'll take a Tuesday night game and I'll move it to a Saturday, uh, lower level. And, and I've got some of these promo uh, promos like that, uh, that 93 White Sox sweatshirt they're going to be giving away to, to honor the division championship team. You better believe I switched a ticket for that. So look at you. You're, you are a forward thinking person. And I am in Sydney in our, in our chat there wants to yep. bring back dollar dog Wednesdays. I agree. And the fact that you could get the, well, it's not best kosher anymore. What is the, is it Vienna? Is it, uh, is it Vienna or Hebrew national? Whatever the ones they do with the onions uh, mm-hmm. used to be yeah. uh, kosher's best, which were yeah. the best. But yeah. uh, anyway, you get those for like two fifty or something like that. That's fantastic. So I agree. Yeah. Bring back the how many hot dogs for just the regular mm-hmm. ones, not the not the big ones with the onions. But if you're just mm-hmm. doing the hot dogs from yeah. the vendor walking up and down the aisle, how many mm-hmm. hot dogs do you think you'd have on a dollar hot dog night? It, it, if you had nothing to do the next day, Nick, and you just you're, 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 <laughs> You know, you, you could let it all hang dog out. hangover. Um, oh, I definitely can do one an inning. Uh, that's not a question. One, you're gonna have nine nine <laughs> hot dogs, a regular hot dog and bun, no major fixings. I'm not talking one of those, like you said, the big, you know, the kosher best, but just a simple boiled hot dog and steamed bun without. Uh, I'm not, we're not talking Chicago style where they're no. gonna, you know, drag it through the garden, but just simply a hot dog and bun. Oh, I can do nine. That's oh, not, it's because you're a runner. Because you know what? You, you you people that are fit, you can find mm. ways to pack it. In. Good for you. I, I don't think yeah. I could do nine hot dogs in the night. I, I, but, I okay. Oh, now here's the question. Here's the problem, uh-huh. Pat. As I just as I just said that innings are different. Okay, <laughs> you've been you've been even like uh, Kamasaki or whatever his name is that can just <laughs> who's the who's the hot dog eating contest guy? Yeah, oh my goodness! Uh, now that I've got now. Kamasaki on the brain, I don't think I could come up with. I the, was uh, close. I was yeah. close. Let's just Keep say talking. Joey Chestnut. Let's say Joey, Joey well, Chestnut. He's one of them. That's an easy. Uh, he's one. I would say I'm that a hot that is a uh, eating guy. <laughs> yes. Say as you See say as you type. Up. Say out loud as you type. Uh, um, hot dog eating guy. So I would uh, say, Joe. That, well, it is Joey Chestnut. That oh, uh-huh. he, what a fantastic picture when you Google Joey <laughs> Chestnut too. The second picture that comes up, he forty-five that, hot dogs in that his mouth is one you want to uh-huh. have. Well, that's yeah. what comes up. It's just all yeah. Joey Chestnut. File photo. I, uh, yeah. There's another person uh-huh. that maybe maybe I'm just not thinking correctly on. Okay. Anyway, well, look, that's listen, you though. Look it's at quicker that. Quicker innings though. It's quicker innings this time. Spe- uh, you know, rate of play, rate of play. I don't know if I can be able to do a, a hot dog in inning with this new pitch clock situation. Well, you got to dip so. in water like the professionals do, Nick. Yeah, and, and I, uh, put, eat the dog first and the bun later. Mm-hmm. Don't fill up on the bun. You can do it. Yeah. All right, we're, doing we're doing it. We're doing it. When we go to a game, okay. we're going to have Well, that was the other game. thing I was going to say to you is I can massage some tickets to maybe a Friday night, and I think we need to do a good guys talk back tailgate. Oh, look uh, out. And, and then we'll do a hot dog challenge at the game. Who can eat more hot dogs? Between $100 on hot dogs because there's going to be no deal. Uh, but, you know, it, it's a it's a thought. Uh, that is not, has not come back yet. I wish it would, too. But Dog Day is back. May second, get out of here. Dog day is back, and I filled out an application for my dog Southpaw to go. You're gonna bring Southpaw to a game, I mean, yeah. 
I, I well, committed to that. I, I filled you. out the paperwork. That's good all. For I and, and for those that don't know, Nick is uh, <laughs> the biggest dog person I know. Loves dogs. Uh, mm. I remember one time I saw you. Uh, you put water in your mouth and held it there, laid mm. on the ground, and you let Southpaw <laughs> drink it out of your mouth. That's how much you love this animal. That sounds an absolute. That's a nightmare. Um, I I tolerate the dog. It, you know, it's just. It's a lot. It's a long story. That's a whole different podcast episode. But I would like for him to experience. I mean, his name's Southpaw, for goodness sakes. Uh, let's bring him to a dog day, uh, and that's May 2nd. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to do fantastic amongst, you know, 20 or 30,000 people with a bunch of dogs. That'll be great for him. He'll be great. And for, and for you and for others that are interested, uh, yoga uh, day is uh, is happening. Yoga right day. Yoga, not Yoda. Yoda not, not Yoda. Yoda. Oh, I would, well, if they had a Yoda bobblehead. Then you know I would be there for that. You know what? I'm surprised I haven't seen any Star Wars. Uh, you know, they usually have a Star Wars night. There's got to be a Star Wars night. You know what? I would really appreciate is they could get on the DC train here and and give me a Batman White Sox bobblehead. Oh, that would be right up your alley. The so next what time is, they do a Batman movie, what is uh, what is a, a yoga night consist of? Well, it's a yoga. I think it's yoga in the park before a day game. It's Saturday, June 4th. Oh, so okay. I think you just get out in the outfield. Um, I'm sure you have to have some sort of special pass. You just can't, you know, uh, climb your way into the ballpark with your yoga mat and just start. It's probably all organized. I'm sure there's certain times, uh, but I don't. I'm I, sure it's organized. No, I'm just, sure it's all, you just walk yeah. out there in your spandex and just yeah. stretch on the field. <laughs> Wait a second. There's certain times, folks, that you you, you need to show up for this. Uh, I could see uh, Roger Bossard, the sad father, just all kinds of excited for that. Oh yeah, um, people so, with their mats out there. I, yeah. which reminds me of the great Brian Regan bit. If you've never heard it about yoga, and he talks about you know he he can't relax doing yoga because it's like take the bottom of your foot. And place it on top of your head <laughs> and relax. Relax. You can't you can't relax. Oh, have you done man. yoga before? I have done yoga before. Your brother was doing that P90X program oh. when my when your brother and I were roommates a thousand years ago. And he's like, hey, try it, you know, try the yoga uh, DVD. And then I and I for, and I and I did and I couldn't walk for at least five days. Um, and so from what I've heard from people is the P90X yoga, that's a intense, it's intense yoga, not just maybe a, a you know, traditional yoga that you'd it's like show a hot up at yoga. Your... Well, I, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I just know I was in for something that I probably shouldn't have been doing because I had no prior experience. Let's you know. stick to the hot dog eating contest and not the yoga <laughs> yeah, day. I think that's more our speed. Yeah. We'll just do the hot dog stuff. Uh, yeah. We'll figure out a date for that. Just, we're going to show up and say we're here for the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> just, <laughs> You're like, what the hell are you talking it's about? It's a two-person. We're <laughs> actually doing our own contest. Yeah, we're doing yeah. our promotions now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, fun stuff. Uh, you know, you know, I love the, the giveaways and the promos, and I'm sure there'll be more. There were five player bobbleheads last year. There's only three right now on record. I, I would assume that there's going to be another um another one well i mean that's it's amazing and i like bobbleheads you know for my kids they 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 love it it's amazing um you know how much bobbleheads have become such a collectible thing and people will put it on their calendars and line up for you know for hours to get a bobblehead so yeah i would imagine they they know what 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 a good promo is and they they yeah. know that they're gonna add i would we'll guess two or three more on, yeah. yeah there'll be two yeah. or three more I believe yep. bobblehead nights. 
Yeah, they'll they'll you know they'll release these uh, as the year year goes on. And and I I've, on the low end, the White Sox are on the low end with MLB. Uh, other teams releasing bobbleheads. There there are teams that might be in the teens with bobblehead release. Get out of here. I think the Royals are giving out a Bobby Witt Jr. bobblehead on opening day. I mean, you know, talk wow. about that. So uh, Sox have done some really cool bobbleheads over the years, but uh, I, I don't feel like they give out nearly as many as other teams do. Hmm. So now, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Jerry for it. Yeah. You know, um, so there you go. Uh, you want to talk last Comiskey part two, because I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, folks, uh, you know, if you haven't been following this podcast, uh, you know that we're all kinds of excited about what what the Flesh Brothers have done with Last Comiskey and the stuff that they released uh, several years ago, and now the big you know three part documentary that is so you know polished up with so many amazing interviews, and uh, I, I've absolutely loved it. Part one dropped uh, March second. Uh, we had Matt Flesh on in a, a couple episodes ago to talk about that and and, and all the in, inside information and. Uh, then part two dropped this past Thursday, March 9th. Part three will be March 16th. And uh, I watched part two Friday morning and, and I might go back and watch it again. There were so many fun things and it brought back so many memories. And, and I love the stuff they did on Carlton Fisk. And, you know, the way the pitchers talked about Fisk and they were afraid to throw to him and they didn't want to shake him off. And uh, when some pitchers did get up the courage and Fisk would say, don't like I, I know what I'm doing here and 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 how they would look at Carlton Fisk is in his 40s and he would catch nine innings and he'd go in the weight room and you know he'd lift weights for uh, X amount or whatever he let and it was like wow look at look at what this guy is doing I'm he's leading by example and uh, I, I was fascinated with that stuff Fisk was a, a favorite player of mine growing up I played catcher in little league at the beginning and uh, he he was one of those superstars that we had uh, on the team, and then obviously Carco. There was some stuff on Officer Carcavice, which which I really loved. Um, and I got a couple other things, but I want you to jump in. You know, part two. Um, you know, it was uh, it definitely had the Oakland A's socks, but it but it it gave you a taste also of that '83 team. Yeah, again, a great episode. You you had a, a part in it, so if you oh, haven't sure. watched, yeah. it to, yeah. for those that are listening now, if you haven't. Watch part two yet. You get to see a little bit more of the the media mogul that is Nick Morowski. <laughs> He's got a, a section mm-hmm. in there that's fantastic. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting. They talked about changing the dimensions of the ballpark. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, this this ain't working. We're gonna Dan you know, bring, Evans, just yeah. moving home plate up, bringing the the the, the wall in. And, and for me, as as a you know Frank Thomas fan as I am, them talking about him coming up and how you know mm-hmm. at a young age he was able to you know, set up pitchers. And I think it was funny, you know, I would watch Frank Thomas, you know, for a long time. And it's like, what is he doing? Jumping out of the way all the time. And, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and to know now that that was all a setup to get them to come back in there so we could clear his hips through and get the barrel on an inside pitch and drive it. And, and just people being in awe of watching him take a batting practice. So, um, and, and, and Frank learning a lot of, you know, early on from Carlton Fisk mm-hmm. and the work ethic, you know, they talked about that. So that was, you know, my favorite part uh, of, uh, of this episode was, was 
talking about again what you mentioned with Carlton Fisk and the and how hard a worker he was, and the interaction he had with his teammates and everybody respected him and looked up to him. And then you're talking about like this young superstar coming on, you know, onto the team and Frank Thomas and Frank taking a lot of those hardworking values that Carlton Fisk had and use those throughout his career because I think a lot of what you know, we got towards the end of Frank's career was the infighting a little bit and how much of a little, he was somewhat of a little bit of a diva. He was painted mm -hmm. by the media. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but you got this section to hear about his young career and how hard he worked and how smart of a hitter, not just how powerful he was, but how smart of a hitter he was. So that's what I loved it. I mean, the whole thing was fantastic yep. and well done. I mean, the, the, the talk about the vendors and the family mm -hmm. and the bond that that mm -hmm. was, and how cool you just, I mean, it really brought you in to you. You felt like you're at the game. You've yeah. that they did. The flesh brothers did a fantastic job of transporting you into that time and that space and feeling like you're, you're, you're a little kid again and, and being at the build bar uh, at the old ballpark. Yeah. It, it really uh, transports you uh, right back there and, and they, and they get you to feel what they want you to feel. You know, mm -hmm. which I think is a complex thing, and it's it's edited so well, and uh, it, it, to to kind of have the idea, the vision of what you want to convey to your audience, and you know what kind of audience you're you're trying to uh, do this for, and, and for it to hit the way it's hit, uh, that that's a special feeling. So I can't wait for part three. Uh, it, it, another thing in part two, I, I love how they they focused on the '83 team which was, you know, I was alive, but I was young. I, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't really, I couldn't experience the mania. Uh, I had to kind of learn about it as I grew up. But uh, why didn't they, why couldn't they do that in 84? They brought Tom Seaver in and Dan Evans, you know, said, look, chemistry. You know, we, we, lost, uh, we lost some personalities that were huge. Chemistry is so important. And I kept thinking about this 2023 team and what Grafol's trying to do and the chemistry, the culture, the togetherness. And, and maybe people kind of scoff at that and laugh about that. And it's like, well, that's cute and all, but players still have to perform. Chemistry is just so cool. I think about those Boston Red Sox teams, you know, that Motley crew, that 2004 yeah. team where, you know, they just, uh, man, there was something that bonded them. You know, just a bunch of knuckleheads that, you know, they they got it done, and that was like the '83 team, and and so I, you know, hoping that can translate this year for the White Sox with with some chemistry, but yeah, really, a, such a great watch. And and to add on to that, how you know fragile chemistry can be, depending mm -hmm. on who comes and who goes, and and the 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 small changes that can be made that you don't really see, you know, on the on the surface when they're done. But the the lasting effect it can have and can run deep through your ball club. If you make the wrong move chemistry wise, it really can affect your ball club. I think part three might be focusing on the bullpen, but then also kind of wrapping things up with with a with a long goodbye of obviously to uh, Comiskey Park, and uh, hopefully there's a lot more Bobby Thigpen because he was uh, so instrumental uh, yeah. on that 1990 team. Um, but. Uh, a lot of good stuff, man. Always a pleasure, buddy, talking White Sox with you, my friend. Yeah, it was great. I I, I, I feel like we're close, but so far still from, from opening day, but I'll be here before we know it. And the person's name I was looking for before is Kobayashi. Yeah, so, oh, there you go. Yeah. Joey Chestnut, Kobayashi. You, can be, yeah. you choose which one you want to represent. 
and I'll be the other one. And we're just going to go head to head with hot dogs. Uh, I, I believe the next episode, Pat, um, the 108 tournament will already be going on. Oh, and, yes. And you're yeah. part of that. I I've, <laughs> somehow I got left off uh, this year. But that's all right. I'll be I'll be tweeting and, and rooting for you. Uh, the media mastermind that is Nick Murawski. It is, uh, it, it's, it's an honor to be uh, involved. Uh, the, if you're not familiar, the, the good folks from section 108, Cherezy and beef loaf and my sack summer have been putting this, uh, just tournament of, you know, personalities, all different kinds of stuff together for several years now. And, uh, I'm involved in this. I've got a first round opponent though, that it's just, it's a really unfortunate situation. Herb Lawrence is, he's the one and only, I mean, he has been such an amazing person to you and I, you know, every mm -hmm. time we've said, Hey, Herb, can you jump on uh, good guys? And, you know, he's given us some precious time of his uh, connected with him just on, on Twitter, always so positive and has built us up. And I have, uh, you know, just loved what he's been doing at CHGO and uh, such a great White Sox mind. So I'm going to be voting for Herb Lawrence uh, in, in that first round matchup. Well, I'll be voting for you, and I think okay. everybody else should. I, I agree. Herb is a fantastic guy and had some nice things to say about me. But, um, <laughs> you know, but I I, uh, I really can't uh, I can't vote against you. And I'll be out there cheerleading for you as I as I did last year. And uh, I'll, let's let's get you out of the first round. See if it happens. It's just an honor to be matched up with with the great Herb Lawrence. That that just is a is a really nice thing. And and a little this is a little heads up to my good guys, uh, talk back listeners. Uh, in a just a you know just a token of uh, solidarity and, and peace, uh, Herb Lawrence is going to come on the Lockdown White Sox podcast. Wow, uh, when is this be, happening? He's going to be my Tuesday, the Tuesday episode. Get, get Tuesdays ready. with Maury. Tuesdays with Herb. <laughs> Tuesdays. Uh, so we're going to, it's going to be nice to have him on in, in, uh, in spirit of this uh, 108 tournament. Wow. Well, you better hold up your end of the bargain because you don't want to lose votes if you have a terrible interview. So good luck. Uh, he is, uh, it's going to be a, a, a wonderful experience. You want me to uh, write some questions for you to help you or are you good? I want, I would like, I'd love your input. So <laughs> send, send me those uh, your way. All right. I All right, uh, buddy, uh, such a treat. Folks, uh, thank you so for uh, for joining us uh, live. If you're on our YouTube channel, we, we really appreciate jumping in on the comments. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you'll get updates. We try to do this on Sunday nights live. Sometimes we have to shift to a Monday night. And, of course, you can find uh, the audio, this podcast, absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. Pass us along. We do appreciate that as the socks inch closer to opening day on Twitter at Good Guys TV, and we've got a Facebook fan page for Pat Hester. I am Nick Morawski. Until next time, go Sox.